Welcome to another episode of Indie Pioneers, a podcast by Cosmetics Design Asia. Today, I'm sitting down with Maddie Ross, the founder of Thai skincare brand Sea Sun Society, about how irresponsible marketing and media coverage can set consumers up to fail in their pursuit of beauty, and how the brand is ultimately aiming to change it. Hi, Maddie. Hi. Thank you for having me today. No problem. How are you? I'm doing really good. I'm currently in Kaolak, Thailand. I went surfing this morning. It's sunny here. Okay, I'm doing stop, good. You can stop showing off right now. <laughs> <laughs> How are you? Wait, are you guys on lockdown? No, we're not on lockdown. But our borders are technically still closed. Hmm, so, same with here yeah. as well. Um, but unlike in Thailand, you guys can escape to you know the beautiful beaches, and we're just here at home. There's nowhere else to go. I know. No, we're lucky. We're able to travel domestically, and it's it, things are pretty chill here, which is good. All right. So thank you so much for joining me. I know you are you're busy with your brand. So you know, if we could get into it, maybe you could briefly tell our listeners a bit about yourself and you know the brand you represent. Yeah, I actually had a career as a model for eleven years. Well, I guess I do still model, so it's been eleven years now. Um, and I started Sea Sun Society, which is a skincare and beauty brand. Which is, it is plant based. It is non toxic. It is cruelty free. And pretty much our brand is, it's a for me. I wanted to start an inclusive brand that was. Um, I wanted to start a brand that was inclusive and representing all forms of beauty. I quote, you said, we are proud to be one of the first skincare brands born in Asia which don't promote skin whitening or changing who you are. Beauty standards in our media have a huge effect on everyone and we're happy to be celebrating beauty in all forms and of course, all skin tones. Could you, ex- could you tell me how your experiences as a model influence how you conceive uh, CSUN society and, and, and this manifesto? It's actually so closely related because I think for me, yeah, so I was modeling for many years and I was modeling mostly in Asia and I started getting cast for these commercials that were for whitening products and whenever I was doing these commercials and stuff, they would cover all my freckles, like literally put like a freaking pound of foundation on my face and um, they were like, don't go in the sun. And I've been told to change so much myself, like lose weight, um, laser my freckles off. I would see myself and I'm like, I don't look like that. (laughs) Who is that? And that was what was so kind of actually made me resent modeling. And I never actually enjoyed it because I never felt like I could be myself. And I feel like that really puts down women. So I wanted to create a brand that was very empowering, very inclusive and kind of just about positivity and just uplifting one another along with having a brand that was actually quality ethical and affordable our region has definitely felt the effects of you know the racial protests that are going on in the west you know i think in the recent months we've seen consumers call out the mncs for having whitening products the companies like hindustan unilever johnson and johnson and laurel they've all responded by saying that they will you know, stop selling whitening products. They would change their marketing vocabulary. And of course, this is one of the reasons why I wanted to get in touch with you in the first place. And when we started talking about this issue, you know, our conversation very quickly moved on to into the media and the influence it has on consumers. And so it became very clear that whitening products aren't necessarily the root of the cause, but it's a symptom caused by the advertising and the media. Yeah, I think 
there is an issue with the way that the media is portraying beauty here. And it's, it's sad, actually, because the way that they do commercials and advertisements here for skincare, for makeup, for pretty much anything you're not going to see a darker skinned girl in those ads, like very rarely, like now slowly it is starting to change. I feel like just with, um, just kind of with more access that we have now to information with social media, with the internet, we're able to see beyond and see the rest of the world and the beauty industry here, it's still quite behind and it's still very old fashioned. So I think with these advertisements that are coming out where it's like, this like you know really fair white girl skinny in this ad it's like the majority of people don't look like that here like naturally their skin is not that color so how how can you how can you have you know mass advertisement like that to a population that doesn't naturally look like that it's very confusing i feel like what we need to be doing is uplifting and empowering young women and I feel like with what the media is doing, it's actually doing the opposite to that. Because then you see those ads, you don't look like that. You then feel bad about yourself. Actually, let's let's shed some light into the world of commercial modeling. So why were you so successful in booking mo- booking commercials or whitening products? My mom is Chinese. My mom has fair skin. And my dad is Caucasian with fair skin. So I have fair skin. They just knew it would sell. Correct. And But even then, you were still Photoshopped to remove all your adorable freckles. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But I was definitely, my, they oh, completely Photoshopped my freckles and everything. So knowing all these things that, you know, brands only choose fair skin models, you know, and that they still Photoshop them to fit the model into the narrative of the product. In your opinion, are these still ethical ways for a brand to market its products? I don't think so. For me, I feel like it's really not ethical. And I guess selling this image that's unrealistic to a population is very unethical. Mm. So as a, as a brand owner, what is acceptable for you in terms of photoshopping? So, okay, so in terms of photoshopping, so we don't photoshop um, body at all. So I'll talk about just the actual... Um, our, our photo shoot that we do. So we don't Photoshop body at all. Um, so not like, you know, like, at, like, like tucking or whatever. Like we don't do any of that. We mainly, we actually just Photoshop the, it's more just the lighting actually, editing, like filtering. So sometimes, yeah. So it's like, and, and we were really lucky because both of our models that we used have amazing skin and, I mean, they're just beautiful girls. Like, they didn't need any type of photoshopping at all. All right. So, uh, I think you mentioned before, you said Asia is still lacking in terms of diversity, you know, and, and you mentioned that it's evident in the advertising. Um, so, how would you advise beauty companies to go about, you know, changing this? Or how would you like to see it change? I think we just need more diversity because obviously there are people that are fair skinned and do look like the girls in the ads, you know, it's, and it's not about like getting rid of just all the fair skinned models, but I think just like having a diversified image of beauty and just celebrating that. Cause I feel like here it's not celebrated. It's like, if you have dark skin in Thailand, in Philippines, like people make fun of that and they look down on you about that. It's like, Oh, you're so, ten- Oh, your skin's so dark, you know? And I feel like that's really damaging. And then, Instead of embracing and empowering women and young girls, we're putting them down and telling them they're not good enough when that's just natural and how they're born and so much beauty. Like, that's one thing. There's so much 
beauty in Southeast Asia. Like we are all different. It's like you go from fair skin to dark skin, from curly hair to straight hair, freckles. It's like we have such a diverse pool of beauty here. And I just want to be able to celebrate that and showcase that and be proud of that as well. I think the change has to come from the people as well. That's one That's one thing that I think is important for people when you for people to start embracing themselves and realizing I don't need whitening products you know like my skin is beautiful just the way it is and I think that is going to be one of the I think that's going to be one of the big movements as well because I think without I mean I guess with the media and stuff you know now how like those companies were called out after the Black Lives Matter, Black Lives Matters and all that like it was great to expose all of that, but I think the movement really has to come from the people. Because there's there's actually this quote by this Mexican chef, his name is Enrique Olvera, and he says, when you realize the richness of your own culture, you become stronger. And for me, that really stuck with me because I feel like that's what we all need. It's like when you realize that you're, you know, beautiful the way you are and not trying to be a different skin color or look different you actually become powerful I think it's more about yeah like educating and uplifting and obviously I'm someone in a position of privilege so where I have a following where I I have an audience to speak to so that was definitely the purpose and drive behind my brand I was like I want to have something where I can inspire people and not just be trying to take you know not just taking their money and selling them some crazy ideal this has been amanda for cosmeticsdesignasia.com join me again for another episode of indie pioneers to learn more about the amazing people behind asia pacific beauty brands